Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. Today we get to talk about moving beyond the concept of the one. This is for whether you are polyamory or monoamory, the functional adult relationship type. So a person who has their own divine masculine and feminine. It's a person who has healthy self-worth. So you have the ability to be consistently in a state of compersion for others. That means you want other people in your life, your oversoul, if you're a mystic. And if you're not a mystic, all the people that you know, all of humanity, you want them to be in a state of happiness, joy, and pleasure. You delight in seeing people happy. And you know that every person is deserving of love. There is no devil or evil. There is only people who have either the evil from needing a good therapist because of attachment traumatization, attachment wounds, and or trauma history. Okay, so I'm going to try and be straightforward with this one. And we're going to begin with, although we live in a mononormative world, there are reasons for it. And therefore, putting to the side people who are not grown-ups, because the grown-ups know how to talk about all things without uh, having anyone be superior or inferior, because grown-ups, which would be an emotionally mature inner adult, <clears throat> understands that we have culture, religion, politics, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the ones who want to yell around at each other and try to prove things, those are teenagers. And they live in their survival mode, and they can keep on doing that. We have grown-up conversations, which means we know that there's different perspectives, and that's about it. And when it comes to you having an attachment system, you do, as I do, and you also have a societal system, I believe is what the person termed it. I need to go find my notes. But that's when you become an adolescent, your societal system moves to seeking for the next alloparenting group of yours, which will be your peers. The first alloparenting are your own household members. And that's because the attachment figures that a mammal will want will be about a handful. So you won't only have your primary caregiver, which will be whoever it is that actually mm, supposed to feed you, take care of you, all that stuff. Okay, so when people have attachment traumatization, they don't know safe and they don't know secure they don't know safe haven, and so they don't know how to regulate a nervous system in a soothe system way. They don't know secure base, so they don't know that they can go and explore the world at its safe. Uh, they therefore don't know how to have a default mode network that is active in their um, integration of the brain. So some people can have bilateral um, blockage that with EMDR, child parts work and somatics, they can work to get unblocked and therefore they can learn to work with their right mode brain and start to actually handle what comes up, images, meanings, sensations, affects, and behaviors. See MAB. So they get to work with their self. Now, I don't want to make it a lecture. I want to talk about moving beyond the concept of the one, but I want to make sure you understand all people are deserving of love. In fact, as Gabor Mate points out, every infant, in order to be uh, given the opportunity to know their self, uh, first of all, attachment theorists, they will share with you and researchers, the category ones, that it's a third attunement and then repairing ruptures. That's the one way you develop secure attachment. Then it's uh, repairing ruptures as they get older so that they don't have a shame and or defectiveness break take place. Okay, so with that being said, the ideal parenting style, they say, is authoritative, not authoritarian. And that means you only have scolding tone and yelling. Obviously, if you can't handle your own nervous system, so uh, you're stressed and you emotionally react, you can apologize following having reacted. Um, so sorry, mommy got mad, daddy got mad, I slapped you, I shouldn't have, you didn't do anything wrong. I was the one who was upset. So sorry, mommy, daddy yelled at you, insulted you, I shouldn't have because that's not right of me to do. I was upset. As long as there's repairing those moments, a child that's growing up will be able to not have a necessarily shame or defectiveness break that would then lead them into not knowing healthy self-worth and into not having a whole sense of self. 
When on the other hand, you have to work for love. So Gabor Matei, accept, loving acceptance, not working for love, and then being able to express all your emotions, not them being suppressed. When a child is crying and pouting and they're shamed into silence, so they're humiliated, you stop being a little brat, you fucking asshole, or whatever it is that some people do. Well, there you go. Even without the cursing, it's, uh, you don't need to curse. Uh, your tone, it will be enough to shame a person and then suppress that emotion, which they will then learn to drink, fuck, and maybe do drugs, and maybe even more than that, in order to self-soothe their nervous system. There you go. The unhealthy self-soothing mechanisms of people who are blinded to their self. And that's because, not of the movies, because if they were smart, they would know, hmm, I'm doing something every time I get stressed. I think that's actually called a compulsive activity because it's not adding to my day-to-day life. Nope, I don't feel expanded. Huh, it's interesting. Okay, so when a person knows secure attachment, whole three-year-old heart, and knows how their attachment system and societal system works, it's because they have emotional accountability, but also because they were not suppressed and shamed and made to feel so much of a dick basically in their body for having emotions so if you are not able to be angry sad and be a child you will have in fact that's why we have the therapists every time I've gone to my courses and met with good therapists they all say the same thing in three different courses they're like you know the at least in the U.S., we got 50% secure attachment. What? They're all fucked up. They don't use that word, but basically that's what they're saying. And they all, as therapists, are like, we wonder why. What is this? So that's why we have some neuroscientists saying it's the spirituality thing. They're no longer spiritual. That's why. No, no. It's because they got yelled at for crying. You're so rude. Stop it. Go. Go not be a child. Don't break that. How dare you break that? What are you, stupid? So there's a lot of adults that, yeah, when I, I look away, because I, I just, my heart breaks every time I see a child. I'm like, oh gosh, does he have emotionally mature or she or they emotionally mature parents or do they have traumatized ones who don't know how to behave and they're teenagers who have kids and they're adults? Oh, let me turn away right now because I feel bad and I'm going to suffer in seeing that a person's going to get judged and shamed because they didn't get raised by people who had emotional maturity because nobody's making it a mandatory thing that you learn how to regulate your own nervous system before you become a parent because that would be too rigid and that's probably true. So let me leave that one alone, shall I? And let's go back to our topic. So moving beyond the concept of the one, for securely attached people, it's easy because we know of a caregiver that will have shown up fully, completely holy and attuned to us as well as repair rupture. So we don't have shame. No shame here and no sense of let me not be myself. That is where your drive is important. So I'm going to say I know my drive. <laughs> and that's where our drivers are three, according to Daniel Siegel. I'm sure others that are in the field have other things to say. But I'm going to use what I learned from my course in interpersonal or interpersonal neurobiology and attachment in the lifespan and my disorganized attachment and dissociative identity disorder courses with Mindsight Institute. His name is Dr. Daniel J. I believe Siegel. S-I-E-G-E-L, go look him up, he's awesome. And on that note, I can't wait for his new book to be out as he explains these three drivers and how they actually take a place within your own attachment category and your personality and stuff like that. So temperament, all that great stuff. Mine is self-agency. And that's because I'm driven just to be my lonely... No, I'm not lonely. I got 8 billion people on the planet. I would not be lonely at all because my soothe system also is engaged all the time. I have fun. I'm my own safe haven, secure base. That's why solo poly secure people have fun because we add to our lovers and not lessen them. Now, the ones we grow apart from, that's a different story and we actually don't cut the cords. Nope. And we don't close contracts. Uh, we know love, people, not you have to work for love. And that's for people who do not know love. So suit system people, we know love. You are loved infinitely and beyond forever. Not just in this lifetime, in all of my lifetimes. So on that note, my lovely 5D mystics, you will know of your oversoul in the most amazing of ways. And your bonds, they grow deeper, not less. In fact, we don't have a saga with our twin flames or twin flame. Nope. 
Now, let me talk about the ones who do, though, because we're talking about moving beyond the concept of the one. So we, we're going to talk about the ones who do the human suffering narrative because they don't know about their attachment system when it goes into primal panic mode. I've read this to you before. It's from Poly Secure, and it's Jessica Fern. The book is very good for any one of you. You don't have to become polyamory, but it really helps you to understand what it is to be a human. Now, she is obviously in favor of polyamory as the choice of how to love. I don't have, I disagree with her, but not because I disagree that polyamory uh, isn't, the, isn't a good way to love. No, I just think it's personal. And I think that choosing is something personal. So to make any type of conversation, I don't care what label or certificates you have, uh, you trying to make it a societal norm? No. Why, why? You're like a teenager who's trying to say, my way is the better way. That's what it feels like. So I don't care how many data points you have behind your back or your butt. It's like the ancients who say, oh, you're sinners. All of you are going to hell because you're in polyamory relationships. Uh, or you can marry five people or more, but they can't marry more than one. They can only have you. Otherwise, we're going to, you know, not allow them to live. So all of those are uh, very, very um, unnecessary and grown-ups learn how to talk about it and we focus on very much more important things. So it's only important when people are uh, emotionally mature because otherwise they're focusing on other stuff like teenagers do. And let me go back. Uh, and so as I was saying, I agree with people choosing for themselves because love is a personal deal. Although we all have love, before you can be your human nature, you will have to achieve independence with your zero one-year-old. And what I have seen is most people, they don't actually have that apparently capability. And that's because the attachment informed people treat people like machines. And basically when I see, you know, oh, they have anxious and avoidant and they're scolding these people into shape i'm like what the fuck or when i see couples up oh, i'm an avoidant and she's an anxious and look at us and it's like wow how cute you are so when then you have others so all these coaches relationship they're all for the people who want the one okay so they haven't moved not even remotely close from the concept and yes i'm laughing because see a grown-up is a person who has a whole sense of self-worth with their zero one-year-olds. I'm not laughing because they're funny in the way of let me make fun of them. No, I'm just saying, wow, I have a very nice way to love, which is you don't need to work for it. I just love you and that's it. Okay, so how did I get here? Well, I got here with my 43 years of life going almost on 44 now and I got plenty of beautiful lovers. Now, the lovers, they will have had different expressions meaning in our different lovely episodes because of my lack of knowledge of attachment and trauma so the 4d they do a really crappy job uh, sharing with you what it is to be a mystic and what it is to have an oversoul and for a person who did get to experience primal panic plenty of times i can tell you it's not a shit show uh, and that ego death is a bullshit word and you don't need to be doing shadow work and all those words that people use to organize what is basically your own uh, human being you being able to potentially grow the fuck up emotionally that's all it is but hey let me not make it that simple please no I will make it that simple because I'm talking to people who know the devil and evil don't exist what exists are attachment and trauma researchers and if you don't understand this, then you can go somewhere else. Mysticism. Some of us, we experience, perceive, and understand it. That's 5D mystic land. And again, you don't like it, go to 4D land. <laughs> They're out there cheering each other on on how much one lie will ruin a relationship. And oh, lo and behold, they, how strong you are for forgiving people who don't apologize. Oh my gosh, you're so special like that because you can be so giving all the time. Yes, anytime anyone has done any of this, I'm like, you do realize you're not actually unconditionally loving, right? You're holding what looks like to me, like in a prison with those little, you know, with the chalk, one for me, one for you, or mate, Moana. Anybody want Moana? No, no, yeah. Uh, remember when, what's his face? Uh, I forget what his name is, but he has on his chest a little guy, and it's like, oh, one for Moana, not for you, you're losing. 
So teenagers love to have the dick competitions without anyone. No, uh, the grown-ups notice all the time, not just sometimes. We're anointed. We're more special. No, you're not. You just have clears, but it's a human thing. It's not a special thing. No, no, we're gifted because we're more sensitive. Mm, well, maybe you have a higher sensitivity, but you're not more gifted. What about that person? They can lift a rock. I mean, they don't have to feel all of the emotions on the world. They're not making any less of an effort to be a human than you are. No, no, but okay. So you know what happens when people want to be consistently having somebody on their side? It's called they have trauma, trust breaks. They want the bystander to come and say, we're the group that is better than you. And those are all zero one-year-olds who saw each other like the flat others. And like, yeah, we're special and superior to all you morons out there. And, you know, lo and behold, it could be from one group to a whole bunch of groups. I see it all the time. I'm like, wow, here's a dick competition. There's another dick competition. And they're all not manly in my book or womenly for that matter or humanly. <laughs> they're all... What are they? Negative. They have a problem for every other fucking thing that they don't agree with. Oh, wait, karma. I can use that word here too. So there's plenty of words that we can use in places that we see emotional immaturity play out because it's called survival mode nervous system. So they don't know their implicit pattern, but we do because we're a human who says, wow, I have that. I know. I remember that time when I did there. Okay. So some of us, we organically grow to be emotionally mature. Somehow, yes, I got lucky. I had and still have a lovely authoritative parent. So I got yelled at only when it was very important or even if I got yelled at and it wasn't important, then I got an apology because mommy got mad for no reason except for I was pissed off. Or, for example, the story, I left this one story. I wanted a Cabbage Patch doll dress, which my mother found horrendous aesthetically. And I cried and cried and cried and I would not get up off that ground and she had limited amount of money so she couldn't buy too much. And she realized, luckily for her and for me, no, I mean, it's really a, one of those silly ones. But she, as a mature human being, realized I'm just saying no to my child because I don't like it. It's my preference, but my child really, really likes it and wants it. And why am I buying my child clothes? Am I buying my child clothes because they need to look good according to my sense of fashion? Or am I buying my child clothes because they need to be warm? And that's it. And I have a limited amount of money. So, hmm, who's going to be the little spoiled brat here? Oh, let me think. Maybe the adult who wants the child to look like a little whatever it is that, hmm, no, thank goodness, I got a wise parent and a loving parent who says, my child wants a Cabbage Patch doll and it's not cute, but she likes it and it makes her smile. It's compersion, people. And it's an actual adult who's recognizing it's not the child who's a spoiled brat because you don't want to buy something because you don't think it looks good. Now, how many parents, their poor children have to dress like, they look like little, just take a picture. They're, they're like, I don't even know. They're having them model. Yes, let's not go there because now I just thought about all those children who do do the modeling thing. So on that note, back to things of more importance, which is our topic. So people who don't understand uh, that they have an attachment system. Yes, they don't know what it means to be human, and they can keep on talking about the devil all they want. Meantime, we're going to talk about uh, why it's not about you being polyamory or monoamory. That is something personal, and for those who love more than one person, I know how it is, and it's beautiful. For those who use it, and once they instead find the one person, and they don't have the guts to say, I'm polyamorous, we're going to talk about that and a little bit more than just that. We're also going to talk about uh, when you move beyond the concept. So one, some people, they don't ever move beyond the concept because they find the one. We know of those people. <coughs> we have people who then, they also go on relationship coaches, da, 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 and whether it's their twin flame or they get into, you know, a, I'm an avoidant and they're an anxious and we know how to work it out. We have 80% rules, da, da, so all of those schematics, okay? So we get to do something way different than that, which is talk about how fun it is to actually just tangle and, and then free flow it and, you know, just wing it basically because that's the beauty of being human. But that's because you have your heart in your, it's a muscle people. Okay. So you know how to handle your emotions is what I'm saying. And you're not like, Oh, you're evil because you rejected me. Rejection means protection. Oh, look at me. I'm now over here. I used all of my revenge and all of my spite to make me look good. So now I can look you know how sad it is when I see 4D mystics actually sharing with people shit like this? 
like, wow, teenage land, does it ever end? Do they ever realize that they still have low self-esteem, emotional immaturity, and nobody's looking at them like a hero, at least not the grown-ups? It's only the ones who actually have the same pain point. Lo and behold, there's your blinders. So on that note, some of us, we don't lead with pain. It's because we don't do negativity. We know how to expand, and that's why we do do uh, not positivity necessarily. We know equanimity, it's called. So we know how to sit in our brains and not shout mean things at people that didn't do things the way we wanted them to do. It's called being, again, a very objective person who says, I'm a person and you're a person. I have an ego or a self, or even if I don't, I'm in another body. I'm other and you're other. <clears throat> and my primal panic is not going to need to lead me to call you a name because I know I'm emotional right now. I'm upset. My heart's really sad right now. I'm going to just sit with my sadness. I'm going to let it be there. I'm not going to make up any ideas because I'm emotional. It means I'm stressed. It means I'm not going to be thinking very clearly. I'm going to just sit here and that's it. And then tomorrow's another day and I'm going to have fun again. And here's a three-year-old who grew up and never changed one inch. And anyone who's here with me, ah, conscious lovers. So we get to live... <laughs> who wants to live forever, and I actually do know my future, as I know my future husband, and where he comes from, and all of it, and I love sharing the story with him, and there's also other people that get to hear the story, but that's for another note, and on that note, so when you're a person who has twin flames, you move beyond the one, so until I had one twin flame, I was convinced of the concept of the one in a different way than when I was a teenager, though, okay, so I want to read just one second, and then we'll get back to our conversation. From the perspective of attachment theory, we need to be connected to people to survive. So our nervous system equates emotional connection with safety and emotional disconnection with danger or threat. Attachment-related threats include the potential loss of our attachment figure. Um, then it says separation from our attachment figure or loss of access to them for periods of time longer than we are used to. These threats don't have to be actual to activate the attachment system. Even theoretical or symbolic threats can initiate attachment distress and what is called primal panic. And then, as Johnson states, uh, separation distress arises when an attachment bond is threatened or a secure connection is lost. There are other kinds of emotional bonds based on shared activities or respect, and when they are broken, a person may be distressed. But that distress does not have the same intensity or significance as when an attachment bond is called into question. Emotional and physical isolation from attachment figures is inherently traumatizing for human beings, beginning with it as a heightened sense, not simply of vulnerability and danger, but also helplessness. Okay, so people that have had a twin flame, not flames, uh, they actually have a moment of primal panic, and I'll share with you some stories in a minute. And these are people that I know. So remember, every one of us has subjective experiences, and I can share to you from mine. I'm a heterosexual, solo, poly, secure person. Polyamory is a word that I recently got to adapt because of finding the book and figuring out that, wow, I've been polyamory my entire life. I just didn't know there was a word for it. And then with my attachment and trauma research people, I got to figure out a lot of other things. Okay, so with that being said, throughout my years of mysticism and my oversoul, I never got confused with my twin flame flames, and I don't need people. In fact, the one thing that I dislike completely of 4D is they're all a bunch of teenagers who are envious, jealous, spiteful, and they have low self-esteem. And I am being very straightforward right now in an effort to stay on top of our topic because only teenagers go around saying, I don't deserve this. And it's not that you say, you know, I don't deserve this tone because I've done this. I don't deserve to be talked to like that. But this is where I'm talking to you. I'm not actually going to somebody and say, I deserve better than this. I'm a person who is always there for my friends and my loved ones. And I, so when I actually have had any conversations like that as a teenager, it was always in a way, because at a certain point when I did whine to myself, I'm all alone. I was like, what are you talking about? You got your mother and twin right there. So 
some people know how to be real talk with themselves. It's called objective, secure attachment, healthy self-worth, not superior, not inferior, and knowing when you're talking bullshit because you're upset, because you don't like what your friends are doing or your lovers or whatever. It knows selfishness. Oh, look, lo and behold, I know how to use that word. Yes, and emotions, <laughs> they can be you being selfish. So learning how to be your own safe haven, secure base ain't hard when you understand why would I start calling you names because I don't like what you are doing. No, one, I will make a choice. I don't like how they're behaving with me. I'm not going to be their friend. Yep, I think that's a good choice. Yes. Now, if I want to really be your friend, I'm going to talk to you about it. Hey, you know that thing you're doing? I really don't like it. Okay, so I have a funny story. When uh, as a teenager, my friends would not listen to me. Don't dunk me in water. I will be scared shitless. I decided to start not going to the beach with those people. And I consistently did not go in the water with those people around me because they made me feel uncomfortable and they teased me and I didn't give a shit about them teasing me. I wanted to have a good time and they didn't make my beach time a good time. So I learned how to address emotional maturity in an effort to keep myself safe and have fun. In fact, I ended up going to the beach eventually only, only with my selected people because that's what a smart, healthy, self-worth person does. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I didn't even curse back then, but it was more like, yeah, nope, you're out, you're out, you're out, and you're out. You're, you're all out. Here's who's in. And that's it. And it's not because of being superior or inferior. No, no, it's because you didn't hear me the first time around and I'm not going to repeat myself. I want to have fun and you're boring the fuck out of me. No, you're scaring me and I'm not having fun and I don't feel safe with you. So I'm going to be smart and I'm going to leave and I don't care if you think I'm too sensitive because again, you're ignoring what I am speaking from my mouth. And so here's what a grown-up will tell you when a grown-up says, you're a snoot. I'm not a snoot. Or when a teenage friend, I thought you were snoot. I'm selective because why would I not be? A person is going to enjoy being with people when those people have them feel safe. And if you're a stupid person, then you don't give a shit about that. And some of us aren't because we do care about our life. And it means I want to have fun. And so if you're going to make it miserable for me, I don't give a shit if you tease me today till tomorrow. I ain't going to be around you. And it's so common sense in my book as a teenager. So here's why. The allo parenting as an adolescent. Yeah, I picked my friends selectively on purpose. And it was based on if they heard my mouth. And if they didn't, then they were not in. And I was not around them. In fact, this is why when people, as adults, we were having a recent conversation, uh, didn't you have wacky friends? Nope. I chose to stay away from the wacky people because I like to keep my hands and feet and brain and I had plans for me and I still have them going on. I, I'm going places. I don't want to put myself in danger for emotional, immature, stupid kids. So it's very easy to notice when people are not looking out for themselves because they won't be looking out for you. And it's not where I said, oh, people are untrustworthy now. So let's allocate things as they should be. Teenagers are teenagers for a reason. And luckily for me, I was a smart one. Unlike others who were emotionally insecure, I was not. Uh, because I got taught very specifically. Yes. Okay. So on that note, when you have healthy self-worth, that's how you run the show. And that's why I'm an oversoul with more people in my oversoul, not less. When you have teenagers, this is a different story. Let's go to teenage land, shall we? Okay, so the concept of the one for me was straightforward. You let me be me, I let you be you, and if that doesn't work, then we're not the ones for each other. And that is actually exactly how, to this day, it is. If you don't let me have fun and I can't be myself, then you're not the one. Now, the concept, though, was broken down, if you will, once I got a hold of my second twin flame. Because that was the minute that for me as a mystic, I was opened up to a bond that is energetically, so beyond words, twin flame experience is where now that they've created a saga about it, obviously, and drama and all of that, it's, it's, a, it's a bullshit story. But if you want to hear before it became a trend and just the experience of one person that is a mystic, and again, you don't have to believe me, but you can call it whatever you want. A special bond is how I put it anyways. But I compare it to like a, a scent of perfume, okay? Because it is a 
feeling, but it's not only a feeling, and it isn't trauma bonding. It is a actual sensation uh, and feeling, and here, I'm going to do it differently. And some of you might not have ever had these experiences, so if you haven't, it's not good or bad. It's just something you haven't. But if you have, you will recognize. So for me, it's... Um, and actually, wait a minute, let me organize this. Recognizing souls you've already met. You know when people say that they've known each other before? Okay, well, we'll put it that way. We'll keep it simple. When you're like, I've, I've, I feel that I've known you so long. Okay. Now, with that being said, the twin flame it is different if you're a mystic because you will have an awareness of there being a plane of existence because you perceive your oversoul. And for me, I had already known about souls and soul contracts and all that stuff because I was raised with Jesus and God and I knew of heaven and hell and I knew of us as all brothers and sisters and being from the same source, which is still the truth today. And today, though, it's we're all energy and it's the same. So this is actually why, how dare I not have compersion for you? I will love you as I love myself. It's called unconditional because that's what a healthy self-worth person knows. I lovingly accept who I am as I am. I do not work for the love that I have in my lovely little body or big body or brain. I have basic emotions and they are all important because they are coming from my human being body, which means my body and brain is to keep me physically as a mammal safe. It's common sense 101 people. And that doesn't disrupt it just because you're heard and people of your family and then adolescents say, I don't like you. Oh, wow. Well, I'm still here. So you don't have to like me. You don't even have to love me. I'm still here and I'm not going anywhere because I'm still breathing. That, that, that's pretty straightforward. So as long as you're not physically threatening a person who has healthy self-worth they're not going to be like i need survival mode that's a different story for people who don't have healthy self-worth okay so when we have people that don't have healthy self-worth and they have primal panic happen with their twin flames there's a whole different story so for me i didn't disengage from knowing that my twin flames are awesome everybody's awesome everybody's cool yes are they all emotionally mature that's for them to share with you not for me and that's because every person has a personality and I love my peeps for who they are. Again, they don't work for love. That's not, no, work is work. They, they have careers, yep, professions, that's work. Love is love and that's gifted, no, <laughs> it's our nature. So some of us are just naturally polyamory again and that's why we don't be like, let me hide it from you, no. We'd be like, hey, I got bonds. Yes, they're special. No, I don't like to give them titles because that's actually against my policy, relationship, anarchy, and non-hierarchical. So you can either understand what special means or you don't have to, and it's okay. I'm woo-woo pseudoscience lady to you who are not a mystic, and that's great and dandy. And that's how you stand up. So to share a brief story, the twin flame thing, my lovely loved ones, there's how many of them? One, two, three. These are all women, heterosexual, and no, they're monoamory, not polyamory. In fact, it's so cute to see when they find the one and you're in the context of group and you're just chit-chatting about polyamory and they turn to their one and like, no, no, I'm monoamory. I only want one. And you see how they reconfirm with each other that their own property. <laughs> it's so cute. I love seeing that. Like, oh, there's teenage land all over again. I hope it stays because that way I can see you be happy. And that way I know you're supported and soothed and, and, and everything's going to be okay when you're in your most darkest moments. You got someone out there for you because it's very important, by the way. I'm serious when I say I'm happy for these people. They literally have primal panic if they're not with their herd. And so I feel bad for them when they're freaking out inside, which is why it's good. We got culty cults, ethical cults, traditional cults all over the place. People will not need to be worried about being alone unless they are lonely because they have no healthy self-worth and no good therapist in the nearby and they choose to consistently navigate the life with saying, oh, humans are all evil and awful and loneliness is the dominant disease in the world because all these people, no, it's not a disease. It's all people not learning how to become grown-ups emotionally and talking about each other like pieces of shit. 
and blaming, I'm sorry, now the phones and social media, and they're blaming the Western world. There's so many ways teenagers can blame someone for why the world is so shitty. So again, thank you, Albert Einstein. We stay away from negative people because they got a problem for every solution, and a solution is healing trauma for real, not pretend. So emotional maturity it is. And back to storyland. For me, my primal panic moments, I remember all of them, and they all were really easy to handle because they were Maria is having an emotional moment and she gets to share it with loved ones. And that's it. And on that note, as I move forward with my twin flame at first, the one and then beyond, I got to find out how many people thought of me as woo woo. Yes. Oh, yes. And I have apparently very deep trauma. I have deep trauma. I don't know what love is. I'm, I'm traumatized to the extent of not knowing <laughs> what love is because I have twin flame and now flame so you know and I got an oversoul okay on that boat when you find not securely attached people as I was counting them on the fingers of my hands and they each have a different story but they all have the same common denominator which would be that their lovely 5d mystic friend was woo woo and a whack job and doesn't know or didn't know love at all and something's wrong with you and you need a good therapist or you need somebody because it's not normal that you are living a solo polyamory life <laughs> oh man oh, i love these people and then they come to you when they meet the twin flame oh guess what you know i didn't believe you i didn't understand you you know what a grown-up does with that nothing except for nod the head because we already uh, knew because again, when you have healthy self-worth, you're not looking for your peers to give you a thumbs up on your story. It's not a story. I'm living it. It's my life. And you're a person and that's it. Who doesn't know how to be an individual? Because that's exactly how a securely attached person feels whenever any person, doesn't matter how old you will have been, uh, you don't tell me how I think and feel life because I'm not in your body. If you don't understand it, I do. It's called being a smart ego self person here. I got a name. It's Maria. So when you have this, this is why you don't flinch. And some people, they flinch, but that's okay. So these people who assumed and made judgment calls and more upon my person, which I find out, because you know what gossip is, right? Don't we all know? I was a teenager. I remember knowing even walls have ears. <laughs> you can't keep no secret. What, what are you talking about secrets? Of course, we're going to try and say, let's keep secrets. Sure, yes, we will. We will. And the people who respect it, we'll find out who they are. And we'll find out people who are gossipers. And it's okay because, you know, people need to talk about something. It's actually quite, what's the word? Um, makes you feel like, wow, they're talking about me. How special. Oh, I love it. I'm in their mouth. Wow, what did I learn about them today? Nothing new that I didn't know yesterday. Okay, so it always ends up coming back. And actually, as a mystic, you also have a bunch of things. But unlike 4D, uh, see, they, they think they know everything. We don't. We know we have hunches. They might be true. They might not. It's not a big deal. We don't care to use time with gossip land. So on that note, the individuals all had an excuse for why, when in their primal panic, it was okay to insult their twin flame. And they continued to do that. As they also embarked on their journey of creating uh, a lot of other shit for themselves and to then complain about that shit and to talk about humanity and uh, as, you know, the one not being, being, da-da-da. Okay, so when people don't grow up, they have a great story to tell whether it's twin flames or once you lie, you will ruin your relationships forever. And there's that. So let's scooch up all those people over there and let's talk about when you are an actual human being who knows how to tango with life. And to move beyond the concept of the one, if you can put to the side, like I was saying, religious, cultural, all of that, and the mononormative, and understand that one healthy self-worth, like healthy love, essentially is just here. But that's because you feel safe to be yourself. And that means you know how to actually regulate your nervous system when you're emotionally upset. I'm, I'm being very, very serious right now. So like when I have a panic attacks, I have not had issues managing my emotional self. In fact, if there's one thing 
that is painful. Like when I got the whatever flu or whatever that, that was painful. But emotions and my nervous system has never been an issue as the energy body expanded, light body and all of the ascension and kundalini stuff that took place. Not scary, but I have a window of welcome for my nervous system. So that one needs to be shared with you all. And that's why there's no primal panic in the absence of me, Maria, being aware of it. And that's because my prefrontal cortex is engaged because my left and right mode of the brain have never been not in communication. Okay? So when you have an inner growth mindset, it's because you know how to hold yourself in this state of equanimity, neutrality and duality. You don't pout with your emotions and da 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 da. You don't use them against the people you love. Like my teenage boyfriend, I didn't insult him because he cheated on me. I did not start to become more jealous or hound him or control him. None of the things that actually are what he wanted, which is what he ended up getting in his relationship, which still is his one. So he found the one and it wasn't me, even though initially we did think of each other as the one we were going to get married. And so this is where for me, it wasn't something, um, what's the word, traumatic, but I knew that it would take me some time to get over him, but it didn't take too long. It took me one month to figure out, wow, there's people who know how to treat me better than he did. And then it took me not even, you know, three months or until my next relationship to realize it's not true that you only love your first love in a specific way. I love this person. Actually, I have a lot more fun with this person than I did with that person in a lot of different ways. And it's because they actually know how to make me feel safe. And they speak to me, although this was not a perfect person, but none of us are. And that's the part. And so then you move to, so for me, boyfriend three, and then this is where my polyamory journey began. And it was through an open relationship as we were going to be far from each other. And then you can fast forward with my twin flame and then twin flames. And in fact, if you will, for a person who's inclined to have bonds we are actually uh we find it awkward to limit our relationships in any way shape or form from being intimate because that's ridiculous so the part about sense of security is understandable but when i meet people who are not polyamory and they are potential partners i will have conversations and i will understand if there's a, I'm not sure of how I will or can emotionally handle this. Or in other cases, I am a-okay with all of it. And I don't want to know anything of it though. Okay, so all people handle their way of wanting to maintain a special bond. So in my case, as I said, I have always direct communication with people. They don't have a fake person in front of them. Moving beyond the concept of the one as you get older is something that happens, but it doesn't mean you don't believe in the one. Some people, they believe in the one and they will find the one. Others move beyond it completely because they will encounter more than one person that they feel a special. And when I say special, it means it's not just a friend. It's romantic. It's friendship. It's something that is more intimate than, and, and I don't like to use words, but there is a difference between those who, I mean, if we have to, then we'll group friends and special bonds. This is the best way I can allocate it, or friends slash family slash, and for a person who is healthy self-worth, they will know, because it's a feeling that we know immediately. And here's where, when you're aware that you're a piece of conscious, I'm a piece of consciousness. You have an oversoul. I have an oversoul. You have an energetic imprint. I have an energetic imprint. The actual 5D mystic doesn't have the need for a relationship coach. That's the point that I'm also trying to make because they will be a securely attached human being who doesn't have a question of the smell that they're smelling because your body will immediately recognize it and you will not even doubt it. You won't flinch. And no matter what is happening, there can be brimstones and fires. You can speak out of your mouth. Whatever it is that's happening as you're expressing the emotions that you're processing, 
and the situation that you are conceptually reworking, this is that whole part of moving beyond the concept of the one, for me it came in with my three twin flames because I had one twin flame, special bond, connection, it's good, we have our harmony, everything, all of it, none of it in fact was a saga, not even a little bit. Because a person who knows how to handle their emotional plane is a person who has safe haven, secure base. Again, you're not going to go into this primal panic without you staying online with your prefrontal cortex. The 4D people that shared their saga with me only because they found a twin flame, when I would tell them, you don't need to go through obsession. What you're describing to me sounds like this and this and this and this. You can rework your brain because it's your fucking brain. And they would then say, no, no, I can't. They're controlling me. They're manipulating me. I'd say, excuse me, wait a minute. Did you tell me yes or no that you have clears? Okay. So you came from this special planet. You have this special spiritual gift. You're all did it. Okay. So I would actually, with these people, present to them the line of what they are telling me they are because they have a twin flame. So they're all in that. Okay. And you're now wanting to tell me that this human being is manipulating your brain from afar. You're telling me, so you have no powers, right? Is this, we, no, well, uh, you just have more experience. Nah, no, that's not what I mean. So the teenagers will always find a way to say, life's unfair, you're not taking my side, because that's the adaptive child. That's a person who's not taking their zero, one-year-old, and three-year-old, and then their teenager, and all of that, and saying, I... I'm here and I'm going through what is called an emotional moment. My nervous system is in distress and I am with a person who cares about me, who is talking to me. I'm not being manipulated or controlled from afar by another human being who's my twin flame, by the way, which FYI, the contradiction in this entire scenario, I won't even bother with that one, but let me just again reiterate, 5D mystics, there ain't no question. We don't go through saga. And we don't call our masculines pieces of shit or not awoke people or that they're making, uh, you know, this extreme shit out of their life. That we can perceive the aspects that are taking place within their emotional plane. And it's not about the emotional plane as much as it is that they're a piece of consciousness that's connected to us and we to them like the whole globe. And so, yes, do we perceive when our people of our oversoul this is not only twin flames yes i pick up it's like a perfume as i said that's why there are special bonds as i repeat myself and so on that note for a mystic 5d if they move beyond the concept of the one is because they will have more than one twin flame if they don't they will end up maybe with that twin flame it all depends that's not going to be their primary focus though because they're going to focus on Loving acceptance, you don't work for love, and you express with direct communication your emotions in your twin flame relationships. It's not a game of chess, and it's not a runner or a chaser. And so 5D mystics, with this one, they will not do any of what you see 4D saga. When it comes to just an average day person, they will know about secure attachment and healthy self-worth. And so they will not be like, oh, let me go chase this person who's not in any way, shape, or form, wanting to securely attach or create a secure connection. It's very straightforward. So we'll close with this. When my teenage boyfriend came to me after I gave him a month of time to think through what he wanted to do in life, because he was, again, questioning our relationship. He was already cheating on me. He didn't admit it. And he didn't admit it, actually, neither did her. But it's okay. I'm so used to him lying that it was not something new to me, that he didn't know how to take ownership of what he had done and to just you know, be a grown-up for once emotionally. Because that's what it is when you are a person who has low self-esteem. You're not a grown-up. You're a teenager who lies like a three-year-old will lie when they're terrorized at home. So there's all these different reasons why people lie, but it's always because of one thing alone. I'm afraid you're going to reject me, not like me. And basically, you won't have thumbs up for me. And so I'm not going to tell you the truth because you're going to. Okay, so on that note, for an emotionally mature person, doesn't matter how old you will have been. You're like, uh, you're not supposed to be working for love. I didn't ask you to work for shit. I accept you for who you are and you don't know how to take it. 
So I'm just going to say, yeah, sure, peace out. Thanks so much for the time. And on that note, the part of this story and how it ended was him just saying, I don't think about you when I wake up in the morning. And that was something important for both of us because we, again, we were the ones of each other. And that part of when you wake up in the morning, who you think about, it's always going to be the person you want to grow old with. (laughs) I mean, that's actually not of the movies. It's like with your family. I want to wake up with my mother until she's gray and old. This is the attachment system. Like my other family members, now I might not live near them necessarily because we move around. That's why there's this loneliness and all of this drama that goes on because we're now mobile. And our actual mammalian heritage is to be around a safe haven, secure based clan. This is why the guy who says culty cults, traditional cults, ethical cults. So people are not, in fact, healthy alone. The ones who isolate, they need good therapists. The ones who don't figure out a bunch of other things. So we're just going to put all that to the side. But the point that I was trying to make with the teenage boyfriend, and when he said that, was where I knew it was over, independently from the cheating, which came out after. But that sentence in and of itself was an indication because for me, if I wasn't thinking about him when I woke up, you're not the one. And on that note, when you move beyond, like I said, the concept of the one for people, it's going to be for different reasons. For a polyamory person, it's because they love more than one person in a special way. And whether it's romantic and sexual or just one or the other or platonic, but special more than just friendship, that's the point. So they can move beyond it in that way. For the ones who they don't, you know, it's again, not something that is necessary. So some people, they will believe in just monoamory and therefore only their being the one and they will find that special bond and they will continue to conduct their life in that format. And neither of these is a correct or wrong choice. It's silly to actually think that there has to be the one. As a teenager, we all thought (coughs) that there was a one. I know I did. That's because we're called teenagers. And even in movies, for as much as they're adapting them to a new way of seeing things, there is still a prevalent mononormative world. But that is something I see as a uh, norm because we need attachment figure. And if a person doesn't know about primal panic and they don't want to handle it. But anyways, even here, this is the part. It's some people will naturally and organically. That's when you know you embody polyamory. And that's why to me, the one is a concept that is true, but it's in a very specific way. It's you being you and them being them. It's called loving acceptance of who you are, as you are, you don't work for love, they don't work for love, and you talk about all emotions, and you don't insult each other like teenagers do once they're pissed at each other, and you don't use the, they lied, so now you're going to break the relationship, all of the little, you know, it's like keeping a scorecard. That's basically teenage land, because they need a rule book in order to perform, and here's your performance, you got a great A, they're being parents of each other, this is the part. So the one in the book of any securely attached person will not be anything like that. It will be a very much tango, free, we're ourselves, UBU, IBI, whether you move beyond the concept or not. We'll be back with more. In the meantime, if you have any questions, reach out. Have a great day.